Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. Today, Costas Halabrezos in conversation with artist and author Alan Silliboy. Western musical scale has a mere 12 notes, but that didn't stop composers from Beethoven to Beyoncé from creating a whole universe of music. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that Alan Silliboy's prolific artistic output can be traced to a limited number of surviving petroglyphs, symbols scratched into rocks by his Mi'kmaq ancestors. They've appeared in his bright acrylic paintings, on the skins of ceremonial drums, in murals for the 2010 Olympics, and on a gold coin made by the Canadian Mint. For the past several years, Alan has also been writing and, of course, illustrating a series of children's books filled with the stories, people, creatures, and symbols which serve as an entry to Mi'kmaq culture. Alan, welcome to Book Me. Hi, Costas. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. What are some petroglyphs that people will find in your works? Um, there's, there's some like moose, for instance, that's one of the really main ones. And, and, uh, there's caribou and there's some whales even and uh, bear as well. What about mythological creatures? Yeah, there's some, uh, some snakes, uh, that are a horn snake, great horn snake. That's one that, uh, you know, a shaman will put a spell on you and, 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 uh, then you'll have to deal with him. <laughs> Now, from what I was saying, I think people will understand that you've been uh, as busy as a, as a gobit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I learned that word for beaver from uh, Mi'kmaq <laughs> Wasisk, Mi'kmaq Animals. You're, uh, it's a bilingual board book for any baby, I guess, old enough to hold it. Uh, and, and I can imagine a parent or grandparent pointing out the eel and the moose and the turtle and sounding out the names <laughs> in, in Mi'kmaq in English. What, what do you hope this exposure for both the child and and the adult to do? Well, I think they have a, an introduction to a whole new culture. And, you know, when I was uh, a child, there was no such thing. So that, that to me is advancing. You know, this, this is uh, something that I'm very proud of because I think, you know, this is my contribution to my culture. Now, you started drawing and making pictures when you were very young. But what set you on the path becoming an artist, really? Well, uh, school didn't go really well for me. Uh, I mean, I uh, when I started school, uh, I wasn't allowed to speak my language, and so uh, I was handicapped right away, and, and it just didn't go well. But the only thing that I did uh, was to draw. It was underground drawing. Uh, weren't allowed to do it, really. But I just kept that up, and uh, eventually... I met Shirley Bear and got recruited for an art program, and it really started from there. Now, you were a licensed oil burner mechanic, right? Yes, which, I was. Which was yeah. a, a good job, good steady pay. Uh, you were a father with three children. At, at what mm -hmm. point did you decide you had to push yourself to become a person who made art for a living? Well, it's always there, you know. To, to, uh, the old burner thing was just uh, a means to, to make a living, but art was always the primary uh, goal, was to be an artist. And eventually, uh, I just made a stand where I, I, I'm going to be an artist, and that's it. And uh, uh, no regrets about that. Did you share that with anyone at the time? 
or was it something you just kept to yourself, that goal? I think I just kept it to myself. It's just me and the kids, and I sort of disappeared because I, I, I had kids, you know, and, and didn't see much of my art, but uh, yeah, so I made it sort of a comeback. Uh, children can be exposed to many culturally significant storybooks uh, from a very early age. You know, you might, they might see something about Greek mythology or Bible stories or the, the Grimm's Brothers fairy tales. In 2015, though, you wrote and illustrated The Thundermaker, and most recently, Wolverine Little Thunder, uh, a storybook for young children based on characters who are part of the, of the Mi'kmaq cultural heritage. What's new for non-Aboriginal people about the characters and situations in these stories? Um, this is a continuation of the Stone Canoe, uh, which is really where everything started from. And that's an actual Mi'kmaq story. It's a legitimate one because it wasn't uh, translated by another culture. So uh, so that's really the start of everything. And that's where Little Thunder, I first saw Little Thunder and read about him and the Wolverine. So that, that was the, uh, the start of it all. Wolverine is a character unlike any other I've met or, or read about, say, in other cultures. Uh, tell us about him. Well, the Wolverine is uh, a super athlete. He's immortal. He can't be beat in a fight. He he has more power than he knows about, and what's probably good for him as well. Yeah. <laughs> and what about his personality? Because he has a very distinctive personality. Well, he's he's uh, enthusiastic about everything, and sometimes that gets a uh, little thunder into trouble. Uh, Thunder is a little more uh, subdued than him, and so they clash a little bit, but they're best of friends. So the story of Little Thunder and Wolverine involves a monster, a huge eel, and and a battle to the death when they encounter the giant eel who's 100 feet long. Could you read an excerpt from that book for us? Sure, I would be glad to. Wolverine and Little Thunder, an eel fishing story. Little Thunder's home was far away from the other people. He lived alone with his father and mother. He had no playmates. He had a great many friends, and his favorite of all was Wolverine. Now, Wolverine was a super athlete. He could jump from treetop to treetop and travel long distances without touching the ground. He was also a great swimmer. He could hold his breath longer than anyone. Wolverine was impossible to beat in a fight. Even when he was beaten and dismembered, he could reassemble himself and win the fight. Once Wolverine discovered he was indestructible, it made him all the more daring and often reckless, as we will see. This would complicate Little Thunder's life. Though they enjoyed hunting caribou, their favorite pastime was eel fishing. They fished in the summer, and they fished in the winter. Eel fishing was fun, and eel meat was their favorite meat of all. In the winter, they would get a stone axe and cut through the ice. Using a long spear, they would poke around in the mud until they speared an eel. In summer, they would use a canoe and fish all night with a torch. They would also catch eels in their fish weirs with stones on the river and would funnel the eels in a basket. But Wolverine and Little Thunder loved to spear eels best of all. One night, 
When the moon was full, they lit a torch and went out on the river. Everything was going well. They caught a couple of eels. Wolverine was at the front of the boat, taking a turn with the spear. Little Thunder's mind wandered. He remembered the stories his father had told him about a giant eel that lived in the river. An eel that was too big to catch. An eel that would turn the tables on whoever hunted it. As Little Thunder was poking around in the mud, he felt something stir. He had woken a great eel. It rose out of the water, all 100 feet of it, with strength to match its size. The eel pulled Wolverine overboard. The fight was on. Little Thunder watched in fear from the back of the boat as Wolverine was pulled towards the bottom. As Wolverine was pulled underwater, he thought about how the giant eel would provide enough meat to get his community through the winter. They landed on the lake bottom. Wolverine was an excellent diver, but now he was in a fight for his life. The eel coiled around Wolverine, keeping him from the surface, trying to drown him. With his great grip, the eel could defeat any opponent, but Wolverine was immortal. As the two fought, the water churned up and it sounded to Little Thunder as if a tornado was trying to suck up the river. Little Thunder watched this contest amazed. The moonlight on the water giving it a strange beauty. Little Thunder was very worried about his friend and thought there was no way Wolverine would defeat the eel in his own backyard. Then suddenly, the river became quiet. Wow. <laughs> That's a cliffhanger. <laughs> I just wonder, what are some of the lessons a child might learn from this story and, and how, is it, how it plays out? Or, or are you concerned about whether there's any lesson to it? I don't know uh, too much about the lesson of this. It's, it's this. This is a, an adventure, and it has a lot of, um, a lot of action like two, uh, something that would interest kids, really. Yeah. This Some is risky really business there. Risky business, <laughs> but you know, you know, you talk about the canoe and the spear and, and the stone axe and all of that was true. That's the way Mi'kmaq people hunted, hunted eels. And, and, and also that thought about, you know, uh, Little Thunder is thinking about how much food this would bring for the community if they could only get this Godzilla of eels, you know. Yes, I mean, uh, absolutely. It was always about survival. I mean, that was always on the mind. And, and uh, even as a child, you knew that. You know, you as a child learned to pick berries and, and uh, you know, put things away. You, you learned that from the very beginning. So, yeah, there's, there was always a big purpose in uh, any activity like this. Uh, Alan, you mentioned when you were growing up, you weren't allowed to speak Mi'kmaq. But looking back at the, the status of Mi'kmaq culture when you were a kid and its status today, what's your perspective on the pace of, of appreciation of your heritage among people who've settled here over the past 500 years? You know, I think things are turning around, you know, in, in, in a really good way. I'm in schools teaching a lot now. I, I, I'm invited to a lot of classrooms, and I've, I've done quite a bit of that. There was none to be found when I was in no Mi'kmaq people in on show-and-tell day or anything like that. There was no role models. 
So it's a big change. You know, I've been in front of my own kids when they were little in school. So even then, you know, I thought that was that was a big. I wasn't. We we're in the exact same class that I was. They were proud of what I was doing. You know, so yeah, it there's a huge change. Alan, thank you very much for coming in today to book me. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Alan Silliboy is the author and illustrator of The Thundermaker, Little Thunder and Wolverine, the children's board book Mi'kmaq Animals, and The Stone Canoe. His art has been featured on everything from a gold coin for the Canadian Mint to murals and from huge ceremonial drums to animated films. If you've enjoyed this podcast and others in our series, be sure to go to iTunes and rate us and review us. We'd love that. It would just curl our toes. <laughs> Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. Our producer is Robin Grant, and Lynn Fox is the sound maker. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read.